When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Shit is fucked up, man. Let's start a riot. Woodstock 99. The riots. The porta potties, it didn't take long for them to become pretty much unusable. They were backing up pretty quickly, and then the sewage was seeping out to the point where you had kids within the first 24 hours rolling around in what they thought was mud, but was really human waste. You know, there's a festival grounds in Germany. It was literally built by by Hitler. And uh, we've played there a bunch of times. It's a great, great venue, a lot of fun. The airbase was you know, less hospitable than the, the venue built by Nazis. <laughs> My name is King. Fire. I'm your host, LC, and I am with the fresh from Wisconsin, Baco. How are you, sir? Well, I smell. Um, I haven't had time to shower since coming back across the border, but uh, uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I, uh, I'm doing good. Uh, you, uh, how are things? You're getting ready to kind of pack up the whole family and uh, take her to a different uh, hut, right? You guys got an, a new Adobe hut? Yes, we okay. did. We did. We 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 moved Adobe huts, and we are getting everything. Oh, just one of those those moving days and everything like that. But we saw the house empty yesterday, so exciting seeing you know a, a you know a clean version of what the uh, the future Canon household will look like. All right. So uh, yeah, man. Are the skin dogs fired up? They are. Uh, I, 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 I'm not going to accept that term. Uh, Sorry, but, I know uh, you hate that. I know are are they, on a serious note, the kids all fu- are they excited for the move or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At first, it was the whole thing about. Uh, 
you know, they've already transferred schools and stuff like that, and they like their new school. That was like three weeks ago. So that part's done. That was like a big fear is apparent. You nice. know, am I destroying my, my, my kids' lives just to have a better house? And if so, who cares? I want a nicer place. Yeah, you know, no one gave a but, crap uh, in my life growing up, so yeah. <laughs> I turned on fine. No. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Exactly. So you just suggest uh, uh, just F the kids and do it, do what's good for you, right? Isn't that kind of the mentality that's been passed on? Oh, sure. Yeah, that's definitely the way I, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll have to bring Jade on sometimes. She can give you a breakdown on how uh, my parenting skills, I think it'd be a good episode. Sure. But yeah. Ignore me. Concentrate on Jesus Christ. <laughs> Band first, family second. <laughs> now it's podcast first. Uh. Right. So it's just. Uh, I'm. I'm glad I'm. I'm continuing the tradition. Uh, anyway. Well, so tell me. Uh, you you texted me this morning. Where we. Uh, yeah. You're mentioning. You know that you smell or whatever like that. I mean, I would love if if our episodes that we record and since we do it in the morning now. Actually, you could actually. Oh, get the aroma, yeah, the, the, yeah, like the aroma vision or whatever like that, because because yeah, we do have the uh, coffee and uh, whew, man, I, I, I wonder. I, I think all podcasts probably smell like murky basement, yeah, uh, non-brushed teeth, coffee and or beer. That's the main thing. Is like if you're if you're like a, a sommelier of podcasts, those are the ones you're like. <laughs> What do I sense here on this podcast, right? There's always a, a hint of the, that smell, a scent of desperation, too. Uh. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, there's just, what's it? There's a little bit of failure there overall with life. Mm, yes, it's hitting me. Right on, yeah. Anyway. Uh- <laughs> yeah, I was in Wisconsin with our boy Gene Vogel. We uh, we we did a play date with the wives and everything, man. Um, Ooh, Ron Keel cute. was in the full band. Would, uh, was playing about an hour from my house at a thing called the St. Croix River Valley Riders Chili Feed. This was apparently the thirty-first year they've done this. And so I really didn't know what I was in for until I saw like an aerial shot of this thing, and all you could see was like this. I don't know, kind of bunch of people. It's just like a land behind some buildings in the middle of the woods. So I, uh, I, I didn't. I'm not familiar with Ellsworth, Wisconsin. Maybe Aaron Camaro can give me some tips there. But if, if there was a city, <laughs> sure. I didn't see it. Uh, it, okay. it was basically just country roads all the way there. You know, uh, living in the city. So in other words, you were in Wisconsin. Yeah, in other words, <laughs> in Wisconsin. Yes, um, but it actually ended up being kind of a cool event. But the St. Croix Valley Riders Club is a motorcycle club, and they do this chili feed fundraiser every year to I don't know if just help with their dues or whatever. I don't know if they, it goes to charity. I honestly didn't investigate sure. that angle of it too much. Um, Here's the kicker, though. It was if you bought, if you bought your tickets in advance, in advance, it's 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 Friday and Saturday. We only went yesterday because you know I all the, it's just mainly they they do one band like of a like a Ron Keel or Molly Hatchet or something like that, and then all the rest are kind of like cover bands that kind of stuff. So, but people camp out. Okay. You know they, they 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 clearly have the whole. Tr- You're saying that Molly Hatchet was actually there? No, no. I mean they've been there before. Like they do okay. one band like that each year. Gotcha. Other than that, all the other entertainment, like the the band that came after Ron, was just like a like a a band called Pork Chop that's been playing the Twin Cities, <laughs> fucking forever, man, since before I moved up here. So they're they're a bunch of old yeah. guys, but you know, I mean, the by the way, kind of an old crowd, but so, but it was forty five dollars in advance. That didn't include camping. I don't, I didn't look into how much camping was, but the forty five dollars. Here's the the weird thing that includes beer. And 
by wow. concert prices, because I didn't, I only had like uh, three or four, but I almost broke even by concert prices, you know. But uh, sure. But th- I'm actually like, because this is a drinking crowd, and these are people that aren't leaving, so they don't have to worry about, you know. Oh, am I going to be okay to? Am I going to be able to keep the the, the cruiser out of a ditch if I have one more, you know, uh, lining kugel or something like that? Right. So I'm, man. How do you make money? I mean, I because look, I, I probably couldn't go toe to toe with most of these guys. I could easily get forty five dollars a beer, like just out of like, I don't know. Let's say over a couple days. I don't know. I guess that's still. I mean, what does a cup of beer actually cost them? I don't know. But, I don't know. Out of, the, out of the tap, what is that? Maybe fifty cents. But it was awesome. It was just a, you know, a big semi trailer, and I'm not talking like a little one. Like this is a full semi trailer yeah. with just little taps, like nip high, sure. and you just walk up there and tap your own beer all day. So, whoa, 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 whoa! You could actually serve yourself. You had to serve yourself. Yes, there. <laughs> so it was. Wait, wait. That I am amazed that is is even legal because you're supposed to have. I bet Seriously, there's some loophole because it's a private club. Has to be. Nah. Has to be. Or because you're supposed to have. Because it's like, in Wisconsin, because I don't know if you recall, but in Wisconsin, you can drink in a bar with your parents up to <laughs> the age of 18. But once you turn okay. 18, you have to wait until you're 21 because Wisconsin. <laughs> That's called the dry out period. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's like, okay. But, so now you have to stay sober for three years, which of course they don't, but. Oh man! But yeah. Anyway, it was it was cool to see Gene and, and uh, catch up with his wife, and uh, it was the first time for our wives to meet. Um, everybody seemed in good spirits. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, we got to, we got to, to talk to Ron a bit. Um, Ron's wife was there, so we met her. She ended up hanging out uh, right with our little group during the whole show. Um, it was it was kind of neat watching her kind of bop along to her husband. You know, it kind of reminded me of like you know, it reminded me of uh, Toots quite a bit because you know, I don't for those who don't know, we met from her coming to Jesus Chrysler shows. Um, but yeah, over the years, she would you know, I'd catch her out in the audience, just you know, supporting her man. You know what I mean? But uh, it, uh, sure. it, I don't know, it's just kind of endearing is all I'm getting at there. And uh, the 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 band was you know spot on tight. I had the set list, I I, I left it somewhere, but uh, a, a really good mix of Keel, Ron Keel band stuff, Ron Keel solo, and then of course you know like Southern rock uh, classics. So um, just just now, is this when they have the full stage where they have the the train and now th- like that. this was in a tent that to? really didn't permit that so they they had a, a large no, no, space not a train permitting tent yeah not enough height really is is all was. <laughs> uh definitely okay. wide enough and and things of that nature but but here's the best part uh the the, the chili feed uh they they don't they didn't make chili this year <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Well, at the 31st annual Chili Feed, there was no chili. Wow. That's uh, very disappointing. I was actually confused the fact that it didn't include tastings of chili in your ticket price. versus, But they just said, fuck it. You're just going to get beer, and that's what you're really here for. Yeah. Uh, no, anyway, I had to do some investigative you know, journalism and, and, and dig into this. So here's the best I could come to figure out what happened was. Now, apparently, this is not a chili cook-off, like a competition, you know, where... Where I would uh, best Ron Keel with his keto friendly chili versus Baco's just uh, you know kick ass chili. <laughs> they sure. had like the, a chili pot. They would just make uh, chili it, and it, it had to be like one that, that I've seen in restaurants I've worked in, where it's basically like sixty or seventy gallons of soup can be made at one time, and it you know it's built in its own sink because it's so big. Uh, but 
Anyway, apparently they didn't get it covered up over the winter and it got damaged and they haven't got a new one yet. So, okay. Right. So no chili this this Interesting. year. Um, <laughs> okay. It's, there's nothing worse than when, when a sink full of chili goes bad because that sounds delicious. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Uh, well, like it's like a big giant pot that's in a sink. You, know, you don't eat. You know what I the would, pot sitting in its own sink. Not it, it's not a sink. It doesn't matter. I'm going with the visual. I also have the visual of. <laughs> I would much rather have that there was actually a semi with taps where the taps were just spewing chili in different flavors oh. into your cup. What do you think? You just go up there and crank a, a big thing of. Uh, you add a little cheese on top of it, and it's just nothing but. Uh, it's basically the world's biggest, you know, smorgasbord with no sneeze guard, just taps full of chili and <laughs> I, bags of cheese. I think you got to upgrade that to to the like the the modern day bathroom where make it hands free, where you just put your face in front of like a, a <laughs> and it's like it recognizes your mouth, and it, just, it just blasts it into your mouth, and then like <laughs> that way there's no no cleanup, no dishes, you know, just what? Yeah, why don't, why don't they have? Why, how, how come? They haven't invented like cheese whiz, just like chili whiz. Just, just blast it in your mouth, right? Mm. The little little button. Yeah, come on, right on. Anyway, uh, towards the end of the night, we went over year. to look at the bonfire. Which, by the way, I, I'll post a video at some point. It's an actual bonfire. One of my pet peeves, of course, is people who talk about making s'mores on the bonfire in their backyard. It's like no, that's no, that's that's a fire pit. A bonfire is. When you live in the boonies, yes, like yeah. You, first of all, if I you can do it in your backyard the, legally in a city, it's not yeah. a bonfire. If you no, can make s'mores on it, you can't you, make. It's not a bonfire. No. Again, bonfire is has to be at least waist level, full of wood that you've cut down all day because you've cleaned. I think up it's got to be yard. above your head. Yeah, but I'm saying as a minimum, mm-hmm. there's got to be a minimum until it goes from fire and then you add bon to it, right? Yeah. So I filmed a public service anyway. announcement just for the, that whole terminology bonfire. I'd like to record a public service announcement about words and what they mean. Right now I just got done seeing the Ron Keel band. I'm in Ellsworth, Wisconsin, which is never a place I really want to be, but important things like Ron Keel will get me here. You might notice that my face is a little orange. Some people will make s'mores in their backyard and their little fire pit, and they'll say, oh, I made s'mores on the bonfire. Let me show you something here. That's a fucking bonfire. If you can make s'mores on it, it's not a fucking bonfire. This has been Baco with your public service announcement. Good night. Um, but we, we were uh, the, the four of us were just kind of talking and kind of winding down after Ron Keel, you know, um, and get, getting ready to leave. And then uh, a guy on a motorcycle, he's driving it, right? So I want people to sit and imagine this. So he's he's kind of slowly driving through the whole park, but. I, Mm-hmm. Um, once you get down into the area where people camp and walk around and you go to this 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 concert, only motorcycles are allowed. <laughs> so, <laughs> you kidding me? Yeah, yeah the, the, they won't let you drive a car through the traffic, but or through the crowd. But uh, motorcycles fine. This guy, now he, he had wow. a he had a girl straddling him, so she was basically his. Ooh. Her face was into his face. And she was butt naked. Hot. And her... Uh, no, she wasn't. Yo, absolutely. No. Absolutely. Okay. Oh, my God. Anyway. Wow. Yeah. How did that... And, and, okay. and like, that's, that's, it, it, it turned into a debate with... On? What's that? This is allowed at this venue? Just random... Australian well, nobody music? stopped it. Uh, but, Fair enough. Uh, and the weird thing is that, like, it, this guy was just kind of... 
kind of walking the bike through. You know what I mean? He wasn't like flying through by any means, but still, it was okay. di- it was difficult to tell. I don't know if it was her or the alcohol or both. Uh, but he was not doing the best job. It looked like he was going to run into a tree at one point, but he managed to to keep everything upright. And it turned into a debate with Gene uh, um, Vogel's wife and the rest of us on whether or not they were having sex because he still had his okay. pants on. He didn't have a shirt on, but, but you know, and it, you know, Gene was like, come on, like, you got the metal zipper there. That's not comfortable. He's not pulling that thing out and doing it like that. That's true. Uh, um, yeah, eventually, like, so then uh, Angel decides to go in for a closer look. To to, to <laughs> she, first of all, she's trying to get Amy to go, and Amy's like, "I'm not going," you know, because Gene already said, "I'm not going either." And so she's like, "All right, Baco, it's you and me." And I'm like, well, "I'm not fucking going." So yeah, she goes over, and uh, she's sitting there checking it out for a few minutes. The girl ends up getting off the motorcycle, uh, so now we can see that this guy does not have his dick out. Uh, but mm. she comes back, and uh, Gene's like, "Oh, I know that walk." That's the look of disappointment. She is uh, disappointed she did not see any dawn. season officially really kicks off today. I got to get, like I do every year, Loose. What are your Super Bowl picks? Um, I'm going to say the the uh, Los Angeles Cougars versus the uh, <laughs> New York uh, Cathedrals. Okay, not teams. I'm going to take uh, my every uh, pick every year that I do, the Lions and the Bears. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> go sports. <laughs> 
Cathedrals is a new expansion team. Mm. Oh, I, well, New York needed another team. <laughs> they did. See? In a few months, we'll see uh, We'll see how we did. So we'll, we'll follow up with that in February. So. All right. Money's on the Cougars. All right. Well, we got a new bit that we're trying to do here on the show to engage the audience a little more. We're going to call it the question of the Mm. week. I think that was your uh, name. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. I've got a question for you. Um, This whole idea actually was yours. uh, So kudos to that. I, I really like it. Uh, but yeah, of course, how long do you think we can hang in here? We don't have a great track record of really sticking to something once we, uh, we, we throw it out there. Well, I think that, that, uh, we've announced it, we made it official. So I, this is probably a one and done. We probably won't do it next week or anything like that and, and dismiss it. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think there's a very good chance of that is, but I, I hope we, we stick with it. I, I enjoyed the responses we got that we're about to get into here. And if we do hang with it, and it does seem like it's going to, I'm going to start working on a, a theme song. So, uh, you yes. can come up with some lyrics or something like that. You can, uh, throw my can way I, over the yeah, next couple I, weeks. Uh, so we need things that rhyme with weak, like tweak or mm. geek or seek what are some of your rhymes that you've coming up just off the cuff i was just going we're looking for words to rhyme with question but you want you want weak tweak rhymes you want, you want things that rhyme with question that's a little harder <laughs> uh what rhymes with question orange beak seek okay meek this is just again this is that Inside the mind of Cobras mm, and Fire. Yes. This process. is the brilliance that we don't typically right throw on an episode. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, so so the, yeah, the question of the week is, uh, if you didn't hear the last episode, is just basically that we want to engage the audience. We want to hear your comments out there. And, uh, and it's one place that we can look at. And we will read the answers to the question of the week. So we'll try to keep it topical to the previous week's uh, episode and kind of tie it into that somehow. But basically, it's just a way to have fun and kind of get you guys involved in the show a little bit. So, uh, of course, we want you to take it as seriously as most of you did. Anyway, uh, a little update for anybody that didn't know. Last week, we talked a little bit about Mitch Malloy's Van Halen experience. And Mitch Malloy went on to block us on Twitter. um, About two days after the show. So, actually, that was... uh, I don't know. It was a proud moment for me. Like I, I called my mom. I said, "Mom, you won't believe what happened." And she's like, "Mitch Malloy blocked you, didn't she?" I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> that, was her, that was her first guess. <laughs> yeah, either that or it was like uh, Mitch Malloy bo- blocked me, and she was like, "Who?" And I'm like, "Oh, that's right. You're my mom." Uh, anyway, but uh, <laughs> it's the guy in Van Halen. Yeah. Oh, weren't you that guy in Van Halen? I get asked that a lot. He gets that a lot, by the way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you how do you want to do this? So the question was, why do you think Mitch Malloy blocked us on Twitter? So we have yeah, I have a couple comments forward. from Twitter, and we got some from Facebook. Do you want to start with the Facebook ones? Yeah, you go. You got them. Oh, I thought you had them. <laughs> we're, we're already prepared for them. <laughs> hey, well. I have the Twitter one pulled up. All right, so the first one we got uh, comes from Twitter. It's from Antoine Johnson. He was actually the first person to reply in general, and he said, I'm guessing it's because he backs in his pickup at the Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> so uh, I appreciate that. I, I think that's a good theory. Yeah. I love it. I think that's when he bailed right in the episode. He's like, I'm not even getting to the part about me. <laughs> He's just like, These, who the fuck they think they are? What, what, you got a problem with me backing in? And just for the record, yeah. uh, if that, I will say this. I don't care how people park. Park however the fuck you want. I really don't. Oh, you're making a public statement yeah, about a that. Public, okay. Yeah, uh, uh, it was never about like this is the way to do it, and you're an idiot. I just don't understand it. it. It's such an anomaly. That's what was interesting to me. 
Um, all right, and then one more from uh, Twitter. This is from TXN Brian. It says, uh, Mitch Pearly Whites must now be Mr. Sensitive. Cobras and Fire made fun of me. I must cancel and block them. That's my, laugh my ass off. So uh, those are the two from there. What do we got from Facebook, Luz? All right, so we kick it off with with Sinzak jumping right in, and it's uh, a gif of a tooth walking. (laughs) Pearly white, too. Which at first I thought was a toilet. Which at first I thought was toilet paper. I'm with you. Yeah, it took me a a very good tooth. It took me a second to put it together, uh, but uh, well done, Chris. Uh, (laughs) uh, It's a very fluffy tooth. um, Very uh, Charmin-like tooth. (laughs) Next. Uh, will, will our boy David Glenn, uh, who you be floating around the ocean with here in a little while, um, he, t- he chimed in with a good one. He said, clearly he's jealous of your hot tubs with Ron Keel. I, I think that's <laughs> a solid, really. solid theory there. Yeah, solid. Yeah. Yes. And again, we've hit the limit on Ron Keel references for the episode. Yeah. Just so you know. Okay. I didn't mention him. Uh, that was David Glenn. So. Okay. All right. Let's go on. Uh, rather have uh, Wolf give me crap. Keith Rockford. Yeah. And he, he threw in a gif of a snowflake. Yes, I was right. Yeah, that took me a while too. I was like, mm-hmm. "Ah, Christmas! Oh, snowflake!" Okay. And of course, he's referring to Wolf Van Halen, so who yes, uh, yes. engages with trolls on, on social media more than I do, uh, <laughs> which is pretty yeah, impressive. No, that's, uh, that's that's fucking solid, man. Uh, yeah. Our boy Scott Crouch, yeah, he of course was, wants to be part of the conversation. He's uh, apparently any press is not good press for Mitch. Uh, so going off of that uh, that old uh, Hollywood mm-hmm. thing, it's like any press is good press, kid. Then we got Courtney Cornendold jumping in with "I have a few guesses," and then she gives none. You've got gives none. So. Yeah, none. Thanks, thanks a lot, Courtney. Um, we, yeah, we asked, let's hear them, and then nothing. So, uh, yeah, uh, way to work the bed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a professional there yeah. out there. She's not giving away her jokes. No, that's uh, yeah. She's got paid. She gets paid for her writing. Yeah, I gotta give it up on this this little stupid question and answer. All right, Todd Cunningham says uh, because you played the clip of him over twenty <laughs> times on the latest podcast. Steve said Mitch Malloy could do this gig. There was a point where I was like, how many times am I going to hear him talking about him being the crazy guy? I don't want to be known as the, the crazy guy who goes around saying he's in Van Halen. Oh, Neil Hansen. Uh... Neil Hansen comes in with, probably because you asked him if he was the guy in Van Halen. He gets that a lot, so yours was most likely the last straw. <laughs> it probably was. There's only so much. You uh, asked that man too much. I mean, he's out in the, out in the like, crew. Oh, oh Yes! Man. I'm ahead. the guy from Van Halen. Jesus! Uh, Sean Cullen jumps in and says, because LC has had no clue where to find <laughs> tests in Florida. <laughs> Which is very true. Right after that, I, I looked and I was way off. It, it, Dustin is at the top of Florida, near the top of when the, the schlong starts. Mm. So, not in the middle. The shaft. So, I apologize for my job. <laughs> near the taint. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, I'm going to probably kill this name. Uh, Yarno Halme. Isn't he the yeah. guy who gets asked a lot about his stint in Van Halen? Uh, I've got uh, Eric Miller, hmm. and uh, he responds that uh, this should be because good. you tagged him on Twitter. Yeah, well, we've got Eric Miller says uh, because you tagged him on Twitter and he saw heard you guys shitting on him for trying to make a living, trying to do something good for a charity. He probably had a personal connection to, and rather than engaging you, he took the high road and blocked you. But who knows? Hmm. hmm. And Sean Cullen replied to that. He said, yeah, probably not. <laughs> Surely it was being compared to David Schwimmer. Schwimmer has to be. <laughs> well, that's true. I did I did make a compar- uh, random friends comparison. Yeah, uh, that's probably uh, what it was, actually. You know, uh, I, I appreciate you taking the time to comment, Eric, but that's, uh, I got to tell you, that's really not the way we're going. I mean, we're, 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 uh, we're, we're looking for, like, funny things, not, not pointing out the obvious. 
Uh, but uh, I guess uh, maybe those are really dry comments. Well, I well it could be that he he's uh, got a, got a dry sense of humor. But I also have another theory that that that's not him at all, because he made that entire comment without mentioning Ron Keel one time. So <laughs> oh, that's I'm true. not sure. <laughs> that's what he says every time. Uh, and and if and if <laughs> and if that is Eric Miller, then Eric Miller, I gotta say to you, Eric, that is the life is the highway of your joke. Oh! Yeah, so over the last couple of months, Woodstock 99, there's a documentary on HBO Max. Uh, I'm going to say it came out two or three months ago or so. And it's been making some news. I've seen some posts on it. Uh, I think Toomey shared some things. And just in general, I've seen some things on Facebook and social. And it got me curious. Got me uh, documentary curious. And uh, we happen to have an HBO Max subscription. So I jumped on it. And I finally, (laughs) because the fact that it's a, uh, you know, it's definitely hard R as far as like mm. the the subjects and all that kind of stuff and, and visuals. It's hard to watch with the kids around. <laughs> so I finally finished it. Yeah, you were 30 finally minutes into the it, show um, when, when we were in Nashville. <laughs> There's a good example, yeah. So I finally watched it without chunks of it uh, in full. And uh, and I understand you have as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've actually I, seen it right? twice. So All I knew about Woodstock 99 was I, I don't even think it was on a music um, related. I don't think it was like Rolling Stone or Spin or anything like that. I remember seeing an image of Fred Durst on top of, maybe it wasn't even him, or just sh- sh- the kids on top of the uh, broken planks or the you know the pieces of wood, mm-hmm. like crowd surfing. And I remember the cover was kind of like, our concert's safe or some <laughs> kind of like scare thing. But I think it was on like Time or Newsweek or like it was like, you know, Woodstock falling apart or that kind of stuff. I never watched the MTV footage live. I do know that, that I don't remember seeing it unfold that way. I didn't know a lot of the, the things about like where it was located and stuff like that. So where were you at kind of with your knowledge? I knew very little. I just knew some sh- bad shit went down and that was pretty much it. Yeah, I, I, I knew some of the, the more extreme things, but um, and, and I definitely saw some of the footage at the time uh, of uh, more on the news end of it, though, not like live during the event. It just um, 
for what it's worth, this is this is not the kind of thing I would. I don't think. Wow, what a great lineup! I think. Wow, I don't want to see most of these people. You know what I mean? That, that's what I. You know, and it's kind of like the iHeart Radio Festival is now. Um, but you know where it's just like they have this just mishmash of everything, and it's just like, well, I don't want to fucking sit through most of these bands to see the ones that I really want. You know, especially then because you know, I my concert money was very, you know, much more limited than it would be today. Um, but I like I really didn't get into it that much. I I I knew people were pissed off at Limp Biscuit. I I wasn't much of a fan, so I didn't care. I just, I don't know. It was more, yeah, I, I was more, and and I don't know what the word is. I I just didn't have much. Ambivalent. You just were like, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, okay. Of course, that fucking um, corporate capitalistic, you know, attempt to go back to this, this uh, idyllic 1969 concert, which, of course, is not as idyllic as we want to believe, was, was a shit show. So I was probably kind of happy because I always hated the Woodstock brand. <laughs> okay, I didn't really have any. All right, there's where I Fair was. Loose. I, I remember. The, <laughs> I'm a no crotchety guy. old fucker. Twenty eight. Yeah, I remember somehow like like Woodstock '94 came out, and I, so I was twenty at the time, and I remember hearing like, okay, they're rebooting it, and then when it came out five years later, I was like, okay, they're rebooting it again. So it was just kind of like a blip on the screen for me. You mm-hmm. know what I mean, like it wasn't that big of a deal. But I remember that this time I was like, oh, there's a lot more hard rock acts on this and stuff like that. But uh, but maybe we, without uh, you know, taking away from the whole documentary, can we just throw a couple facts like location and things like that and kind of build from there? Yeah, get into it, man. Okay, so you know, um, I don't think Woodstock '94 was at Woodstock either, but basically, it's none of them you know, have been back at, at the original one, right? But this one, um, they decided uh, like the first one is notorious for the the the, uh, the people who could just walk on and not pay for tickets, right? You know, just people just showed up, and that was the whole. Mm-hmm thing about the 169 that's how you end, end up with so many damn people but so this thing is is on an air force an air force base so let's just call it a massive par, uh, asphalt parking lot to begin with with big fences you can't get into it so it's completely controlled um things like no that. it was grass and around the 90, stages though okay yeah. but from the there's plenty of fucking enough. cement asphalt you are correct yeah and it's flat okay um and it's flat and all that. And then they had, and the tickets were, depending on where you look online, were somewhere between 150 and let's just call it $200 the fees mm. for a three-day fest in 99 is roughly what yeah. it was. Um, and also you have to think about going into this too, that in 99, you didn't, vendors didn't use credit cards. So you had to use, ca- it was basically a cash world at the time. You needed to bring all your cash with you. Things like that, cell phones, and those those remote site uh, um, ATMs. Remember how fucking slow those were? It was like a five minute you per person there, transaction, ex- man. Yeah, it would be it would be like a dial up. You would hear yeah. Like a, yeah. Maybe you'd actually hear the the modem mm-hmm. sometimes kick in. Yeah. So it's so think about all those different things and a massive, uh, you know, going into it and. Oh, the other thing I knew about it going into it was four or five dollars for water. I remember that was a big deal too back in the day too, which I think that would roughly work out to what we're being charged for water now, in general, right? Yeah, I, mean, I would of, think of a bottle like, of water is typically four bucks at a concert or something like that, four or five dollars. But yeah, back then it was outrageous. Yeah, outrageous, I guess. And I mean, it was twenty some years ago. So yeah, yeah, but but either way, just last weekend. We went to an art fest for like two hours, and it was in the 
parking lot of a Bed Bath Beyond. Mm. All right, it was maybe ninety degrees out. It felt like it was hundred degrees with <laughs> with the asphalt. I was there for two hours. I wanted to leave. And also, anytime I'm in a in a uh, parking lot, I'm always kind of looking for Skid Row without Sebastian Bach because that's where I always typically see him <laughs> is in the parking lot, right? Like that, you know, that, that's where those band of bands. I've they definitely seen uh, Skid Row without Sebastian in a parking lot. That's what I'm yeah. saying. You know, where's Kicks? Probably near just looking Bed, around. Bath and Beyond, too, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But anyway, so just within two or three hours, I had just, you know, I'd, I'd seen this, this documentary. Yeah. I was like, I cannot even imagine being here for a day. Well, yeah, and like, not to like, step on the lead too much. Uh, on just that note, I remember, like, thinking, um, like, there's no way. I, I mean, after, it, I might have made it through the two days, right? I would have been packing my shit up and leaving on day three, the morning of. Like, I don't care who's fucking playing. I, it doesn't, I am done. This is, but I'll, I'll elaborate more on that later. Yeah. So, but, uh, so I get it as long as I'm getting that. Yeah. Fucking, I, I, my, I mean, my feet are fucking killing me because I I stood and watched Ron Keel for two hours last night. But Sorry, that was one back more. To a young one man. More. That was no, one it doesn't more. matter. I'm just saying, but I think that's where it's going. Like, so this documentary goes a lot of different <laughs> ways, and we'll kind of like debate what we think and not think about it. But mm-hmm. the end result is this is not like being a spoiler because this is the whole story of Woodstock '99. Before you come in, there is it started and it ended with riots and people dying and uh, sexual assault and all these things that that I think all happened in day two or three. And and uh, uh, and however you want to slice and dice it, we'll go through it. There's a lot of theorizing and the people that are there and all this stuff like that. But here's my sum- summation of it: is that I call it finger pointing. <laughs> finger pointing. There you go. All this kind of stuff like that. Here's here's what the finger pointing is: having it in a fucking huge parking lot, huge heat, uh, and and lack of water and lack of security and all this kind of stuff. That's what happened. But there's a lot of finger pointing of the wrong people were brought to this festival because it was this kind of music and there's this, these different angles. And I'll, I'll, I'll back off here from here, but I have, I'd like to go over a few things, but please. Well, I'm just uh, to, to touch on that, uh, if, if we were talking about, I don't think you do this with three, first, what's the biggest crowd you've been in, by the way? I mean, I, I have to, for me, it has to be a football game. Well, biggest... Mm. Biggest crowd I've ever been to is Indy 500. Okay, that, that's, that's pretty... Well, actually, but, but, that, but that's even... 300,000. We should so. almost like... Um, What's the biggest crowd you've been in where it was a setting like this? I mean, I would say about 30,000, you know, um, and that was just like ridiculous. I mean, this is 350,000 people. Um, Spread out over over miles. Though, that's what I'm. Too. Well, I don't, look, I, you see some of that footage. And yeah, they're spread out over miles, but I'm seeing this sea of fucking people. Oh. The worst mosh yes. pit that I probably ever saw in my life. I mean, for corn, that was ridiculous. Right. So. So let's go over that real quick. I thought one of the, the highlights of the documentary was talking when, when Jonathan Davis was saying that he's on stage. He himself is getting heat exhaustions almost, mm-hmm. almost uh, performing. But he said that because of the size, like you're talking about, to give you the scale here, is that the different PAs, right. people were getting hit with the sound. So he's seeing different par- like reactions in three different sections. That's how big it is for as far as the sound. Yeah, they had like three sets of PAs, kind of, so it, w- it would wave back. That's right. I mean. Although it visually, it would be very cool to look at. It was, but uh, uh, I, I, that's just, that, to me, it's just that's just too fucking much. I don't even understand. Like, if you're one of those people there and, the, and you're by the third PA, it's like, why is this even fun? 
you can't see anything. Right. You know this thing sounded like fucking garbage. There's Had yeah, to. There, it's just so like what 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 is the attraction? Is it the uh, the tub of of shit and piss that you're going to be bathing in later? <laughs> I just uh, it's just the whole thing. I just I don't know, man. Uh, I don't. They can't do too much about the weather, uh, but yeah, that definitely played a fucking role. Uh, but I just think uh, flat surface cement and 350, th- and then yeah, having the stages uh, almost a mile apart. I mean, Jesus yeah. Christ! I mean, some of this stuff. Is, it, these are the things that seem obvious. Like, like I don't need hindsight to tell me those three things are going to be uh, problematic. Bad planning overall, and uh, I will say too that the we're bouncing over the place. But the there's one promoter there, like a bald guy. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what his name is. Yeah, not but, Michael uh, Lang. The other two. There's there's so like so the, the cast of characters. Right. Let's just kind of get into it. That that uh, these are the three that I actually put all the responsibility on because they are yeah. all basically doing anything but claiming any any role. Uh, Michael Lang, who's he was involved in the original Woodstock, Woodstock '94, and this one. Then there's another guy whose name I guess I, I also forgot. And then the mayor of Rome, New York. Uh, those three charlatans can all go fuck themselves. <laughs> yeah, but the, the, the guy. That you know was, what this so show guy, needs? Michael Fred Durst. You know what we need Fred Durst to do? Not be Fred Durst. Yeah, you say that now. Yeah. Fuck you. Exactly. So, so, so Michael Lang's the guy with the great head of hair. Yeah, I like they you know, called him the, the Willy Wonka. I thought that was a fucking spot on analogy. Uh, you know, like basically, oh, he's fun. He's kind of loose. And then when you get to the factory, you start to realize everything's not so rosy in Willy Wonka's land. So, yeah, but then you have the documentary uh, makers like basically wet dream in the guy that was the bald guy that basically everything that comes out of his mouth is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> both currently, both currently and back in the day when you see footage of him. And I have a theory who that guy is. Mm. That's Fred Durst's dad. Oh, what do you yeah, think? It could be. But kind of the, the, the arc of this is though, is that <clears throat> kind of the bands they feature and everything like that are more the hard rock or new metal and stuff like that. But do you mind if I just kind of mentioned that you kind of were ambivalent about the lineup? Can I actually list the lineup? if I could, to give it more of a, a realistic thing of what this fest was. Yeah, but don't forget to I mean, mention James Brown. <laughs> I will not. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> so, but yeah, so so you've got, it's a three-day fest. So on Friday, and I'll just, and, th- and this is more than this, but I'll list the ones that you would actually know. Or if at least, if you don't know these bands, you've at least heard of these bands. So here's Friday night. Oleander, Moe, Lit, Buckcherry, The Roots, Insane Clown Posse. <laughs> George Clinton, James Brown, Jamiroquai, Live, Sheryl Crow, DMX, Offspring, 
Corn, Bush. Pause for a second there. I can't think of, I don't think one of those bands would get me to travel very far to go see just them. Um, as a collective, okay, so that's your first. as a collective, they yeah. don't really do much for me either. You know what I mean? I gotcha. I gotcha. So there you go. Pretty diverse lineup though. So far, um, Saturday, you've got Guster, Bruce Hornsby in the range. Ever, Everclear, Ice Cube, Los Lobos, Mickey Hart, the Chemical Brothers. Mickey Hart. Yeah, there we go. That, that must be a callback mm-hmm. to the original. Yeah, exactly. The Tragically Hip, Kid Rock, Wycliffe Gene, Counting Crows, Dave Matthews, Alanis Morissette, Limp Biscuit, Rage Against the Machine, Metallica. Now we're getting to bands that I've actually seen, but carry on. Okay. Sunday. You've got the Super Suckers. Oh, I should mention, too, Moby on day one. <laughs> we'll get into him in a second. Uh, Sunday is Super Suckers, Our Lady Peace, Rusted Root, Seven Dust, Collective Soul, Godsmack, Megadeth, Willie Nelson, Brian Setzer, Everlast. That's a, that's a by the again, way, that's a one, two, reason. three you can't miss. Godsmack. Willie Nelson and Brian Setzer, that fucking package should be on the road every summer. <laughs> I think so, too. Then you've got Elvis Costello, oh, that, hey, Jewel. Perfect. Throw Elvis in there, too. Yeah. How about also Jewel, Creed, and, and ending with the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Yes. Headliner on Sunday. Hey, what did you what so, did you think about the fact that the only live footage that was in HD was the Chili Peppers, and we get to see Flea's dick all the time? Oh, yeah. I gotta tell you, I was not expecting Flea's ween when I when I turned on the the documentary. And then when you think it's it's done and put away, it comes right back. It just it keeps coming back every time. He's he, he takes his bass, he moves it a little bit, then you see some more schlong on your sixty inch screen. Uh, so he's not a modest man. But here, <laughs> but but going with this, the 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 reason I go through all this is from the documentary. You would think that the only bands that were there. Or Limp Bizkit, Rage, Metallica, more the hard rock ones. They probably represent maybe 15% of it. It's a pretty diverse lineup. So let's just start with that. But it keeps going on the fact that, to me, it looks like the reason this happened is this kind of music brought the wrong people here. And it made them crazy. And it has nothing to do with the fact that there's a rave all night. And you're going fucking crazy and you're wasted and it's hot as hell. But it's the wrong people. Yeah, the, nope. there is a slant there. First of all, like the, the crowd shots are il- alarmingly white. Um, I mean, of course. And, well, that's that's this music in general. I mean, for the most yeah, part, I, like, you know, it, it's it was. I don't know. Look and look. Maybe they cherry picked <laughs> the seas of bodies. Uh, like, yeah, if they would have yeah. just panned over two more inches, there's like seventy black people. Uh, but, uh, I just, I don't know. I, it was, you know, and again, but look, this is kind of a, a white male mid twenties kind of event. I will say that I will agree to that. I, I, I do think those bands that they kind of talk about as being the ones that kind of get the, the vigor and anger fired up in, in, in these guys and that, that kind of led to some of the stuff. They don't, they play a role in a way that like someone with violent tendencies might not be the best person to play a violent video game, but that doesn't make violent video games making people violent, if that makes sense. I don't know. That that, that was the comparison I made. It was like trying to blame like Metallica or Limp Bizkit or or Korn for, for what happened, especially when a lot of it happened on day three and fucking Limp Bizkit was the third to last band on day two. You know? Right. This is when people were all 
Look, all I can tell you is that uh, <clears throat> even there are some stretches like, hey, you know what? DMX got on stage and the all-white audience replied the N-word when he said, my and my. I was like, listen, DMX is going to give it to you. If he talks to you, you're going to respond. It's just part <laughs> of the, the vibe. And they were trying to, like, make that something. And uh, it, to me, it seemed a lot very uh, new metal, satanic panic kind of thing. Yeah, sure, a little like bit. perfect storm. To, to get a little more specific, there there is a part where um, that promoter for the show that we can't remember the name of, of course, the bald guy, nope. uh, yeah. where, where, where he is like basically saying, you know, Fred needs to fucking read the room, you know, and he's out there saying, instead of, I went on stage and I asked him, I said, hey man, you got to control this crowd. It's getting out of control. Like he, like he's the, the, the fucking park owner in Kiss Meets the Fan of the Park saying, cut the power, Phil. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, it, kill the power, Phil. Kill the power. So they show a clip of him leaning into Fred's ear side stage, right? We have no yeah. idea what they're fucking talking about. That, that That's just clever yeah. editing. You know what I mean? And sure. and it's and then hey, all Fred, I saw was this, Fred Durst yeah. go out and put on a fucking Limp Biscuit show. If you think they suck, that doesn't change. This is what they do. You booked them. You brought them to this event. This is what you paid them to do. Not to go out there and be fucking the peace patrol. You know what I mean? And and again, it seems like the only thing that happened during the Limp Biscuit thing was some crowd surfing on fucking plywood. Which probably yeah. sucked if you got hit with that plywood, but not the worst thing that happened over the fucking course of this, uh, you know. It ain't his fault that people were fucking walking in human waste for three days. Hello. Hello. Hey, is this motherfucking mic working? Can you hear me? Yeah, you can hear me? No? Yeah. I want to let everybody know that I'm doing all this shit for the nookie. Good the neighbor. 
People were absolutely going nuts that 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 day two and three, and that's what I'm saying. Like I looked at it and I was like, "Oh, I thought there was like a riot that happened during that." From from what I would I would have thought and stuff like that. It's like, listen, it's 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 an easy narrative. They have a song called "Break Stuff," mm-hmm. just like Red Hot Chili Peppers has a song called "Fire." Them. Oh yeah, they, they tried they to like yeah. Jimi Hendrix. Uh, and the, the, they played a Jimi Hendrix cover. I'm like, that song is in their set guaranteed for the last thirty. Like since they were started, that's on their mother's milk. Yeah, album, the, the that was another right one. The mayor own. asked Anthony Kiedis, and they, and that was even worse. <laughs> they have a picture of just a picture of the mayor and the Anthony Kiedis being somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> we don't even know if they're on planet Earth. You know what I mean? Much less at Woodstock. Of course they probably are, but it, they, but it's like I talked to Anthony and I said, hey, you know, see, can you help us out here? And what do they do? They go out and play fire. Because they're, they're trying to get the fire department in to put these fires out. And, of course, why is it hard for the fire department to get into this thing? Because of the way they fucking set the damn thing up. Well, they should have the fire department there at all times just waiting. Like the, I, I, just, I know nothing about running an event or a security. Sure. But I'll I, I just summarize it this way. No, I've never been in something that big. But there is Vakken. There's all these yeah. hard rock fests <clears throat> all over the uh, – there's Hellfest. Rock you know, and Rio. There's all these things. We always, we've got um, the whatever the Sweden uh, Sweden Fest is. These just massive things that I'm going to guarantee are at least a hundred thousand in attendance. Mm. When you see these waves of people, you never hear about these things happening. Why? Because they, they don't care. Organized and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, cultural. Yeah. Culturally, it's accepted it there. Oh, ah, you want <laughs> rape? Death and death. rape. <laughs> God. <laughs> That went dark, <laughs> but but no, there's listen, and that's the other part too. So you've got you've got, and I'll just go into this too. You also got Fred Durstad against that bald promoter saying saying like the, the documentary is like just drooling is like say like hey you know these ladies they were they were uh, topless so they were kind of they were part of the problem too. Remember him yeah, saying that yeah. kind of thing? Yeah, I was like oh they're like yes perfect we've got the whole blame the victim thing going on, and none of this none of this is is, is all it is. Drugs, heat, mm. bunch, a couple of assholes. I mean, look at that. You see people smashing down things. People are going fucking crazy. And they're saying like it's mass psychosis. I call it also sometimes you take your, your family to the movie and you've paid 50 bucks for all this popcorn and the movie sucks. And you're like, fuck it. I already paid 50 bucks. We're, gonna, we're, we're powering through this. We're going we're, we're gonna to get our value for the money. You paid 200 bucks. You're all the way out there. Also, how about this? How about my, not, my, not mass psychosis? You're in a group of five people. How hard is it to get people to even decide on what restaurant you want to go to at night sometimes <laughs> when you're a group of certain amounts? How about saying, fuck it, things are going to go crazy, we're going to bail, and we're going to leave? Uber didn't exist back then. Right. You can't just leave your group. You have to con- you have to be the asshole. That's a great point. Says, what if, yeah, you, you probably rode with somebody. What if two people want to leave like I do, and the other three don't? You know. How are you going to get people to leave? And you can't find them for half the goddamn time. So it's like people, you know, they're saying like it's mass psychosis. It's a social, you might end those friendships 
If you say, hey, we're fucking leaving, even though all of us paid, like we invested all this mm-hmm. money, flights, getting out here. That's why I think a lot of people stayed to day three, too. They couldn't leave. There was no options to convince the group. And then, and then they, at that one point, part of it. So like, sort of subtly take credit for like uh, Bonnaroo and um, uh, that fucking festival out in California, that the, the celebrity thing. Um, I don't know. Basically, Coachella. That's what I'm thinking of. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Saying that that's how it should be. Listen, all I can say is all that could have been solved with better security, more water, not in the parking lot. I love the irony of that's the, the peace candles being used to light everything on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a promoter problem, too. Like, we've already seen there's a problem. We've already seen security. Fuck it. Let's give up matches and wax candles. And, That'll solve it. And a peace wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. Everybody, smashed. get inside the peace wall. We're gonna keep y'all. In. <laughs> but no, and then they kind of went into it too. Is that this kind of music attracts this like tw- you know twenty two year old frat frat guy mm-hmm. like, jerk, right? It did Isn't that kind of thing. I mean, there's no. So there's a lot of truth to what they said. The problem is that they're they're trying to paint it as in like. This is somehow related. I don't know how. I'm not saying it very well. They're trying to connect two things that maybe just they're both true, but not necessarily, you know, post hoc ergo. I can't remember the phrase, but anyway, there is something to that kind of like young male testosterone thing that was kind of going on there that weekend, too. And it seemed a little bit more heightened than than I've seen at typical festivals because you always see it. But like Rosie Perez walking on stage, everybody's just yelling, show us your tits. Now, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I would. I would like to see her tits, but uh, I, I don't know that I'm going to shout it at her. Mm-hmm. I, although, if sure. I was far enough back Good and point. she couldn't see me or hear me, I was probably yelling it too. So, oh, but then I'd be so far enough back, guys. I couldn't see him anyway. So what the hell? I know. So you're basically a, a, a good person in, in the light and a bad person in the shadows. <laughs> yeah, I'm a person who has to <laughs> check his first instinct. How about that? Okay. And again, one of these things that drives me nuts about documentaries too is when they try to try to throw some things they go like you know what also 99 was prime for mm-hmm. disrespecting women because of girls gone wild that was the culture that was the that was the place man everything had fallen apart you don't think any of that's relevant this, though this i mean head. it's just it's explaining the world we were living in at the time these people at the show were living in that world i i think you know we we're also living we're also living in the world of the 80s of of poison doing i want action and there's stuff like like all that kind of stuff is always it's always been around it just seemed like an easy grab for that that doesn't mean that that's why the, any of these thing events happen that weekend yeah. i don't think any of that is true i i, really. I would agree with that it's, because uh, again I I, I I get to a point here where I'll, where i'll actually kind of pin down you know what i think is 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 the real cause here but i i, I got to talk about yeah. moby for a second though because he Please. might be the, the yeah. least genuine person in this whole th- feature of, of, of the people they talk to. So Moby, the first time I watched it, I just kind of dismissed him because whatever, you're Moby, you're a vegan, you're uber feminist. Of course, this is exactly how you feel, right? <laughs> um, but on the second watch, I started to pick apart a little bit of what, what he said. And, and he talked about like, you know, he's been doing what he's doing so long. You get to learn to, you can sense the vibe in a room or a club or a scene. You know, you just can. And he talked about the kind of toxic masculinity and all that kind of macho new metal shit, you know, a little bit kind of in a, in a cursory way. But then he then he gets to do his thing in one of those rave tents, right? Um, 
And right. uh, he's like, this is like the biggest show of my life. I bet she, I should be excited. But you can just smell and feel that all that stuff from, from earlier in the day had just came into where we were. And I was like, when we, mostly poop. When oh, we were done, yeah. I was like, yeah, I planned on staying the whole weekend. But I was like, no, we're leaving right now. I was like, so first of all, you weren't there the whole time. That's my first pick apart. The second thing of like, dude, you play music that white frat boys fucking drop ecstasy, put glow sticks in their mouth, and roofie girls drinks too. Literally every time you perform. And you're going to stand there like, oh, well, I'm not like fucking Metallica. Ugh. I'm not corn. No, I actually respect women's body. You make sure she says it's okay to roofie her drink. You know, it's just, what a fucking fraud. I just like, he was the one guy because there was, they, they, they talked to some women that kind of, you know, brought up some more of, uh, well, we'll just call them feminist views that I really didn't have a problem with. But his was the least genuine and, and, and what a fucking gigantic sludge pit. I don't know. <laughs> Up yours, Moby. No, I already, I, no, I give his commentary zero stars on Yelp. <laughs> I've already I've already given him his rating. He was he kind of like exemplified the whole uh, I don't know holier than thou kind of kind of attitude about the whole thing. Like yeah. basically, uh, yeah, EDM is a pure uh, form of music that everything goes great with all the time. That's what I'm just saying. Like, none of this has to do with if this was if this was a, a festival for for uh, movies and stuff like that, and they showed like. 80 different movies of all kinds of different genres and everything like that. And this stuff happened. It's, I still blame the parking lot, <laughs> the heat and the lack of water and drugs. Nah, it's that, that's that horror movie. <laughs> right. It was human that's centipede four saying. that that's... caused everybody to, to make a human centipede. <laughs> well, you know what? Actually, I would blame human centipede four. <laughs> oh, no, that's to the me, first every... the first three we're working on. Everything comes down to me to uh, the, the two promoters, the, the local government, yeah, and greed, greed, yeah, just like the, yep. the the fact that like like what? How about they read the fucking room? Because you remember when they're talking about Fred Durst doing this? There's still an entire day to go, and I'm like thinking like, right. how about you guys go? We need to get fucking this place cleaned the fuck up. We need to you know get water to the people. We need to do something about this insanely rapey fucking shower situation we have set up. Okay. Yeah. How about you? You do something. You're the people in charge. You gave Fred Durst a, a pile of money to bring his band and then leave. That's what they did. They weren't there to fucking police the grounds for you. I mean, again, take some fucking accountability. They took zip in this entire thing. So basically, one of the guests said something very relevant. That was the um, the blonde lady. Uh, I can't remember her name, but she basically said. If you have something on a trajectory that keeps going up and up and up, things can't go up forever. So if you're raving all night for yeah. two days and there's no break and there's no all this, he goes, it's not the fact that, oh, my God, how did this happen? It's how did this not happen? I think is her quote. Yeah. I'm paraphrasing here. You know I think I mean? she's also the, the one that brings up the point. It's like you, you, you kind of want to go and say, well, this is the, you know, everybody wants it, everything black and white. And it drives me crazy in, in any situation. Mm -hmm. Oh, this did that. That's why it's sure. wrong. It's always more complicated. Shit is fucking gray as fuck. And yeah, having those all night raves was a fucking stupid idea. Shut yeah, the fucking thing down. Sleep. Everybody needs to go to sleep. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Um, 
and think, on a pile of pizza boxes covered with piss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, somebody said to um, out there too that this makes you know Firefest seem like a well planned thing, <laughs> and and there's only but think about this since Woodstock '99, when is anything close to this kind of you know catastrophe ever or disaster ever happened? Well, they, they, we haven't done anything in the states here been. with with that kind of crowd though, have we? I, I forgot not, they were going to do uh, a Woodstock 50. <laughs> I, I, I don't even remember it. That didn't even get off the no, ground. No. Those guys are still like, that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. And then the whole thing about uh, them blaming. I love the media blame, too. Mm, yes. They just twisted it. They just twisted it, all the kind of stuff. And, and I will say this. One thing, you know, they talked a bit about like how, you know, at the beginning, like they were saying, like Nirvana and Pearl Jam and all these grunge artists kind of pushed in this new kind of progressive kind of more open women's rights, LGBTQ yep. kind of thoughts. Sure. Um, and, and then, like, they, they, what they, they talk about how, like, Kid Rock kind of turns things sideways and, you know, and everything kind of changed by the late 90s. Here's why they changed, Luce. Eve Six, Third Eye Blind, Better Than Ezra. They all fucking went too soft at that point. Because, like, yeah, Nirvana was progressive, but you know what? Kurt could still fucking rage and scream in your face. But fucking sure. songs like Tell Me All Your Thoughts on God, that's why you get this overcorrection with new metal, and that's why everything went to hell at Woodstock. <laughs> okay, so now now you're blaming that. So we're going back to blaming? <laughs> it's Eve Six's fault. <laughs> okay, I, I can see Better that. Better than Ezra. It was like the pinnacle. But I, I, I do think that there was like a, sure, in, in culture and stuff like that, there was like a, an overcorrection both yeah. ways. Right? Yeah, it seemed like uh, the, the yeah. sweet spot was grunge, and it was so short that f- everything went to hell. I can see that. I can see that. But uh, that's your view. You want to know mine? Yeah, let's hear, it, man. If I'm going to pin it, if I'm going to be my, if I'm going to do my documentary and spin everything the way <laughs> yeah. I want it, we, we should do uh, one. This would be my documentary, and, and that is all of Woodstock '99 has one person to, pl- to blame, one band mm. and one man. And that is Dave. And I'm not talking about the ginger Dave of Megadeth. No, I'm talking about Dave fucking Matthews. Oh. This entire fest is your fault. If you think that you're, that you're talking, if you're going to blame the people that are coming to a fest, that band is the person that 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 brings the biggest douchebag frat guys oh, yeah. to, to, to a fest, okay? And those are the guys that get way too fu- fucking wasted. They don't actually care about what music is going on in the background. They're just there to party. I've told this before, but I'll just tell you this. The closest and craziest and shittiest crowd I've ever been to, probably 100 concerts or whatever concerts I've been to, fests or individual bands, has been a Dave Matthews concert at Alpine Valley in Wisconsin. A true amphitheater, meaning that the whole thing is on a hill. There are mosh pitting on the goddamn thing. There is There's girls just passed out drunk in the middle of the day. People were were throwing bottles, going over thing. It was. It doesn't matter what thrash, Metallica, anything concert is the worst behaved crowd I've ever been to, and nobody was listening to the fucking band. Do you understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Nobody was paying attention to what was going on stage. Though it's your fault, Dave. You brought these people to Woodstock, and you're the reason the whole thing fell apart. Was Blue Was Blues <laughs> Traveler there? <laughs> I'll blame it on Blues Traveler too if they were there too. But that's what I'm saying. You look at the thing. I, I lay the evidence in front of you. There's a lot of different bands here. You make a strong argument. That, that is a uh, that is a very strong case. Because before you even said it, you. the first thing I thought of was like, well, now that guy definitely brings in the frat boy backwards hat crowd. 
Yeah, yep. absolutely. Yep. And that was 2006 when I saw him. Yeah. Worst, worst behaved concert I've ever seen. No respect for the artist on stage or anybody around you. Yeah, learn, learn how to drink if you're going to get drunk. I've been drunk. to a fight. <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. They're all amateur. It's all amateuros. Those are those guys knocking down the walls at the yeah. end. That's a Dave Matthews fan. After he's been raving for, for days and he's never been drunk and stuff like that. He's like, he's it's something about the call. It's also Dave Matthews cadence. Like, doop, 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 doop. It's like some kind of like a mating call. Yeah, he's like a R2-D2 kind of. <laughs> Didn't he make some weird like, like doop, joke doop, about doop, doop. titties? <laughs> oh, yeah. Sometimes oh, the there's abundance yeah. of things and sometimes there's a lack of things. But today there's an abundance of titties. Dear. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't know how I'm gonna pull about that. I would love to have. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you have, have to have another reboot of Star Wars and just just R two D two sounds is nothing but Dave Matthews. <laughs> yeah, you. How is there not hire him to voice voice uh, R two? Yeah, <laughs> just a whole <laughs> just a whole conversation between C three PO and R two D two, and that's the response back. <laughs> Oh man! But uh, for for pointing fingers, that's where we're going. Oh, okay. Well, uh, let's uh, let's kind of wrap this up, buddy. We should uh, talk about something we didn't get into about him. Uh, it's been a while, but Charlie Watts, uh, drummer from the Rolling Stones, has passed. Um, that was kind of a bummer. Um, man, uh, you know, I, I'm a I'm I'm a forty to fifty songs deep Stones fan. So I mean, I I've seen him a couple times live. Good good band, and uh, I've always kind of dug Charlie's drumming. Um, you know, he, he was definitely kind of an understated kind of guy. Uh, I, I think if you really want to point about look at a, a great song that kind of shows you what he brings to the table that you probably wouldn't get from a lot of drummers is um, Honky Tonk Woman. Like, just listen to that from beginning to end and focus on the drums. It's just perfect. Just in general, too, he's, he, Charlie Watts was like the perfect, is and will always be the perfect drummer for that band. Yeah. Um, I'm much more deeper into the Stones, uh, I think. I, I just... I just have gone through all these different mm-hmm. waves. I did it in college. I did it. I've done it. I've done deep dives and everything like that. It, it just keeps coming back to it. But, but it's kind of like when you talk about, uh, and hopefully this comes out the right way. It's kind of like the Van Halen thing. When you talk about Michael Anthony, yeah. where if you're too flashy, it's not going to work with everything. You're just kind of keeping it. You do some really cool fills and you just keep it perfect time. Kind of that kind of thing. It, it's a right? different kind, kind of, of band a, I though. Know. I mean, because across the board, they aren't, I know. they aren't, you don't have like a, Flashy. a virtuoso kind of player in, in, at any position, but they all fit just perfectly. It, it so, but I would actually say Charlie might be the best musician out of the, at, at his instrument than the other ones. But it's just whatever. Charlie was just just an amazing drummer, like you said, perfect for the Stones. Yeah, and, and I also and just one thing too, as far as far as all that, uh, before we do the rest in peace for him, is is just uh, I remember as a kid watching him, he like it looked effortless. You see these videos, and they always look like old men. When we grew well, he up, always right? looked bored. Really old, seeing, like, <laughs> that's what I mean. Like he looked like mm, good, huh? he's just going at it, but he's fucking perfect. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but uh, rest in peace, Charlie Watts. Definitely uh, a legend, and and um, I've heard other shows, you know, going on and on about about him as well, but. Uh, yeah, so there's that, and, um, and then who else did you want to cover? And there's there's a couple other people that we lost recently. Um, uh, a, a name people probably don't know a lot, but he he actually had an influence uh, in 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 my work with Decibel Geek and and this show a little bit. Is Bill Chavis? He was the head of high vo- oh god high volume music. 
Uh, I know, like, uh, most recently he signed Ron Keel, but he's worked with, like, Every Mother's Nightmare, a bunch of bands of that kind of ilk. But I, I've had a, a couple of, uh, you know, kind of, we call them, you want to call it a business exchange, basically, like trying to set something up or get an advance on something. Interviews and yeah, things like yeah. that. Yeah, Bill was always super responsive. And I got to tell you, not everybody at that level is. Uh, you would be shocked. You know, I mean, I got... I. You would. It, and so... Anyway, uh, Bill, Bill uh, lost a, a pretty tough battle with COVID uh, a couple weeks ago, so that was that was sad to hear. I had the same interaction too. I mean, anybody that's you know obviously a huge fan of rock and the genre and everything like that, and and is passionate and starts a label like that, you just you just got to respect and everything like that. So it was very sad hearing about that. And it is true, always responsive, always super, you know, professional and a nice guy. Mm-hmm. It's been my interactions. Right on. Uh, so yeah, rest in peace, Bill. And then. Uh, and then, of course, uh, a colleague of ours, uh, Rock and Ron Runyon, uh, recently lost his battle with cancer. He was a, uh, a colleague of ours through Decibel Geek mainly. Uh, he he ran their YouTube page, and I know he did a really good job of like I know the numbers of subscribers and and traffic on the on the on the page really boosted quite a bit after he started getting into it and taking it. And he he definitely took it very serious. He was a uh, he was very hardcore at it. I know you uh, actually got to see him at, in action at a couple shows over the years. I don't have a lot of you know great rock and roll stories or, or anything like that. We met him in Nashville a couple times. We got to see him this last year. Uh, you know, kind of kind of sad in, in hindsight to to think about, but uh, I do feel for his wife Dawn. Um, there is a GoFundMe that we can share in the show notes that if you if you can spare a few bucks to help with cover the medical bills and some of the funeral costs, you know, it would it would maybe allow her to to focus on on just getting through this yeah and and i'm i'm uh i'm pretty bad when it comes to people that have passed that i know um somewhat or in general but well hopefully this comes off genuine and that is that you know he was in denver i've been to a guns N' roses show with him a clutch show a handful of shows i've seen him at um many of the shows i would go to when he was also being attendance and things like that but but uh and in general, um, I did I did not know Ron that well, but what I did know is his passion for the music and his dedication to, you know, to Despy, and, and he just had that that passion. And it was also very inspiring to see the fact that he made the the uh, pilgrimage out to the Rock and Pod Expo, um, and I think it was that was one of the things that I think kind of kept him going. So it was, uh, yeah, you know, well, I mean, I, just, I have to admit, I was taken aback when I first saw him, but I I, I look at it now like he's like. This, this, he probably knew, you know what I mean? So, right. So he's like, he's not going to just go down. He's going to go I'm down. I'm going you know, to Nashville, bitch. <laughs> right. He's going to go hang out with some friends and things like that and his family and, and everything like that. So it's good to see, but we'll have that. We have the, uh, we'll have the link in the, the notes uh, for any kind of help to provide for, uh, for the, for his family. Rock and Dawn. Rock and Dawn running out the car.
we went by back in the day you know when when we used to hang out together you know I, in fact i remember you know one time we was hanging out and you know having having a few drinks and everything and uh he had told me he was thinking of starting up a band oh, really? and, and he asked me you know would could you think of a good name for the band because i can't think of a good name so you know i said thought about it and I came up with a real good one but of course I was a few Jaeger bombs in at that point so I just you know sloppily wrote it down on a napkin and said what about this didn't even realize that I had misspelled the name you know but he liked it and it all worked out for the best It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. Fantasy Points. 